You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music! I'm your host, Brent Simmons. In the studio with me today is Tammy Snyder, operations assistant. Say hello, Tammy. Hello, Tammy. You may know her, if you've called in before, as the voice of Omni. She is uh, um, on our hold system, apparently. Um, So people call in, and I've never called in, because why would I call in? I'm already here. What do people actually hear when they call in? They get a general greeting from me. I invite them to select different options. They can connect with support, sales, or have a little chat with the operator. Mm, Okay. I'm sales and the operator. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So your your job is operations assistant, and that means, I'm guessing, a whole bunch of different things. What's what's a typical day like for you? Oh, wow. Um, if there is such a thing even as yeah, a typical it's, day. It's very busy. I wear a lot of different hats, um, everything from general customer support, lost license questions, fill a purchase order, get a sales quote, to general business operations, facilities management, employee questions about benefits, ordering office supplies, you name it. If it needs to be done and there's nobody to do it, I might jump in there. Well, and I can say that when I have questions, you're right there to the rescue. Sweet. Yeah, I appreciate that. So a fair amount of this is customer support, but we still have a customer support staff. Do you take a certain kind of question more? or Yeah, anything that's not too technical. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretend to be a nerd, but I'm not really one. Just don't tell anybody. Okay, yeah, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> You may be the only extrovert in the office. Yeah, I might be. <laughs> yeah. Which for a software company is not too surprising. It's surprising we have one. but Yeah, yeah I definitely scared a few people when I started working here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, the first time I came into the office, I was doing a podcast with Chris Parrish. Mm-hmm, I remember that. Yeah, uh, called The Record, which was kind of like this. Anyway, you gave me a tour that mm-hmm. very first time, and that was really cool. I got to see the whole place and and that was fun. So your tour guide. Yeah, and hostess. Well. hostess yeah, yeah. Is there any kind of trend to the questions you get? Are, are people fixated on one certain thing these days or three certain things or uh, across my plate it's a lot of questions about folks that lost their license and maybe changed their email address from when they first bought it and so they don't know mm. how to recover it. We can certainly help with that. Folks purchasing through the app store and may run into some unique app store challenges, and we help mitigate and troubleshoot those. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the primary things. And filling purchase orders for large corporations, educational institutions, and such. Oh, okay. Plenty of variety, which yes. <laughs> I assume is, is a good thing in life. Otherwise, same thing every day. Not everyone likes that, right? Yeah, certainly not boring. And you work with Kaylee and Jenna. Correct. And mm-hmm. Molly is... COO, I guess. Yeah, Molly, so our COO, the... is the head of operations, so that okay. she is the one who... Kaylee, Jenna, and I uh, report to. How long have you been here? A little over 10 years. A little over 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Since you're actually at the front desk, mm-hmm. uh, everybody else, and I hope you're not too envious of this when I bring it up, everybody <laughs> else has a private office. Yeah. But but you're up there with Kaylee and Jenna. In, in the, the fishbowl. In the fishbowl, the open air. How does that work out, actually, for doing phone calls? It works great on the side of my extrovertedness. I get mm-hmm. to talk to everybody who walks by, yeah, right. find out how various things in their life are doing, what's going on. So that aspect is awesome. Love it. Mm-hmm. I would get lonely in an office alone all day. 
But it is a little challenging when sometimes I might be on a phone with a customer and a group of folks are walking by, maybe just got out of a meeting or headed to the lunchroom and they might be having fun because that's what we do here. Mm -hmm. And it might be a little loud in the background. Uh, so that's where it gets challenging and I have to wave my hands and like, I'm on the phone, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> So is that probably the biggest part of your day, though, the uh, talking on the phone? or Talking on the phone and answering the customer emails. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Email volume is much higher. I'm not sure that a lot of folks know we have phone support because um, that's such a yeah. rare thing. Yeah, I've uh, talked about it here on the show enough, but not every single person in the world listens to the show yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting there. So close. <laughs> I'm awfully impressed by the fact that we have phone support. A lot of companies don't. Um, uh, even larger companies, they just don't do it. it. They think it costs too much, isn't worth it, whatever. But I think mm -hmm. we've proven, at least for us, it's, it's a really good thing. Yeah, it definitely provides a valuable asset. Um, one more perk that folks are getting when they're buying premium software from us versus other software companies that you actually can talk to live human beings and get help with your questions. And that's rare and unique and definitely provides value to their purchase. Hmm. Do you have any idea how we started doing phone support in the first place? <laughs> uh, back in 2008, I was actually the only person in the entire company who answered the phones or talked on the phone with a person. So if you called Omni Group back in the day, you got me and me alone, and I couldn't transfer you to anyone. <laughs> so if you called for tech support and you ended up talking to me and were frustrated, I didn't know how to help you either. Because I was not techie. <laughs> Still right. am not techie, uh, although I've come a long ways. Um, so after many frustrated phone calls with poor folks who uh, needed some help above and beyond what I could give them, the company finally heard my cries. And that fall, we hired our first three phone support humans. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was very exciting. Seriously? I was probably the most excited person in the entire company about it. <laughs> You proved that it was a good thing, and then yeah. also proved that you needed some extra people. And yeah, yeah, and I'm really cool. Glad to see it's uh, grown. The support department has grown the way that they have, and that folks have really utilized that that tool that we provide. That's cool. My goal is eventually to have every single support person uh, do an episode of the show because I want people to know that the people they're calling in to talk to or write to are you know actual real human yeah. beings with real lives. Um, and our customers, I hear, are pretty much awesome. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So, we yeah. definitely have the most amazing customers in the world. Some of the nicest people ever. Having worked in a lot of customer service in my past, I can say this is our customers here are, are a different breed. Yeah, uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> They're pretty awesome. So life before Omni. Did you grow up around here? I grew up in Tacoma, Washington. So, so you did. I'm a Northwest wow. native. Mm. Mm -hmm. Go to school, I assume. Yeah, stayed in the Northwest, went to college at Seattle Pacific University. What did you study there? I was a psychology major. Hmm. <laughs> I had big Which dreams. makes everyone nervous. Oh, yeah. Say, but, I'm not going to oh, analyze no. you, I promise. <laughs> uh, I, I really. I'm being analyzed. Yeah, I thought I'd be an adolescent family therapist. Oh, okay. So what's that? <laughs> Working with uh, teens and their families and counseling through crisis situations or just general dealing with life situations. Mm, okay. Uh, so are you helping kids with their schooling? Or are you helping them just like in general cope with things? Well, my dream back then was to open a private practice and to be a psychologist. And then after undergrad, I took a year off to actually work with kids and be a counselor to have a foot ahead when I entered grad school. 
and to get my PhD. So I worked with troubled adolescent boys at a group home. Mm-hmm. And it was through that challenging and amazing experience that I realized I don't actually want to counsel kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> this right. is not what I want to do with my life at mm-hmm. all. So I'm really glad I did that before going through a PhD program. Yeah. Were these kids who couldn't be in foster care for some yeah, reason? Yeah, they were – Really challenged kids who had gone through some unfortunate situations in life that no human should ever have to do. And they were not able to function in foster care. They had needs beyond and above what foster care could supply. So they lived in a group home. Hmm, Okay. It it could be that all your stories from those days are bad. But I wonder (laughs) if you have anything that's, you know, a success story or something you remember fondly or of reaching and helping uh, a, a young man. Yeah, definitely a lot of crazy stories from from that uh, experience, but a lot of great and amazing, wonderful ones too. You really see how, even though these kids have been through crazy times, the innate nature of them is like pure and good and they really want um, and struggle to find love and support and structure in life. So we had one kid in particular who came to the home when he was 15 and He had pretty severe PTSD from childhood traumas of sorts, um, and he had no ability to identify or deal with his emotions Hmm. of any kind, um, Hmm. good emotions or bad emotions. And so he would just lash out physically and destroy property, everything from busting out windows to kicking through walls or breaking furniture. Oh, boy. Um, He was very challenged. So we worked hard with him to help him figure out how to identify emotions, talk to other kids, Hmm. deal with things when something wasn't quite right, or celebrate joys, if that was what it was. So really, not just negative emotion. Any emotion, yeah. Wow. We worked with him on that, and we saw a huge reduction in the amount of damage that he did over the next couple of months. Um, Hmm. And I got the joy and privilege of sitting down with him and showing him the log of his property damage and the expenses that it cost and how that dwindled and diminished over time so he could see himself cool. how he was improving and and the mm. difference it was making in his life. Um, so that was really neat. And I did end up running into that kid a couple years later out in the real world and he had graduated from high school and was doing great Aww. in life and in a regular normal member of society, which was really amazing to see. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. I was a troubled teen myself. <laughs> when I went to, we we had all f- were in some way. <laughs> well, I actually had uh, a counselor uh, that we went to and then mm-hmm. family went to. And and I and to this day, I credit saving my dad and my relationship. I, I give all the credit to the um, arcade game Galaga mm. because it was the only thing we could stand to do together. Yeah. But when we played, it was great. And yeah. so that was like a basis, you know, that... Uh, we were able to draw upon, but yeah, yeah, tough years. Yeah. They're tough years even, I think, just in general. Absolutely. Yeah. I would not go through it again. <laughs> <laughs> How did you work with him, if that's even describable? I, I, I'm just trying to imagine. A lot of patience. Yeah, <laughs> sure. A lot of setting boundaries and upholding them. Um, so consequences to actions, talking through everything all the time. Mm. It would seem like a broken record and um, like you were constantly having the same long conversations, but eventually those conversations plant seeds and really puts that little inner voice in their head where when he's doing something, Mm. coming with the thought of, okay, if I react this way, X, Y, and Z will happen, or I can react this way and ABC will happen. And I choose ABC. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so it takes a lot of time and consistent and persistent effort, which is really the true story with any parenting. <laughs> sure, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So you decided not to go for a PhD yes. in this af- mm-hmm. after doing this for a while. <laughs> yep, I decided uh, that was a bit too much emotional toll on me. I ended up wanting to adopt all of the children and take them home with me. Um, I don't have a house or the financial ability to be able to do that. So I feel like it was best if I did not do that as a career path, but rather a side volunteer project here and there where I can still help work with kids, help be a positive influence in their life, but not have that be my main career. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So you decided to zig Instead of zag, I guess, and went to work at Nordstrom's. Yeah, huge zigzag from counseling adolescent boys to being a certified bra fitter at Nordstrom for several years. (laughs) Wow, that's uh, that's such a very one extreme to the other. Yes, yeah, and and not generally helping fifteen-year-old boys. I think in in that case, yeah, I got the opportunity to work with amazing women and educating and empowering them. And one unique thing about Nordstrom that a lot of people don't know is they actually have a program where they fit women who have had mastectomies or lumpectomies. Mm-hmm. And they actually build, build the insurance. They sew the pockets into the bras. They do the prosthetic forms and everything for for women oh, wow. who have struggled with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to be a part of that program. And that was really amazing. It's a great thing. I, I've known uh, several women who, who've gone through procedures like that. And that stuff really matters, I yeah. think, like a ton. Yeah, yeah. it really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my time at Nordstrom for several years uh, while I tried to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of got sucked into the fun of retail Yeah, and was... shopping every day. And who wouldn't love that? <laughs> yeah, right. Sounds great. I've heard that Nordstrom's is quite a great company. It is. I've heard that over decades. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. I learned a ton about management, um, customer service, and Mm -hmm. how to run a business through that experience there. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. So how'd you come to Omni? (laughs) I went to college with a lovely person named Sarah, now Ben Dixon. At the time, she was Hewlett. She lived across the hall from me in the dorm freshman year. Now, could she possibly be related (laughs) to Aaron Ben Dixon? She might. Yeah, uh, she and I became really good friends freshman year. We were dorm mates. And a few years later, she met this gentleman named Aaron Bendixson, who swooped her off her feet. And they got <laughs> married. And Aaron became the sysadmin here at Omni oh, several years ago before my time. Mm-hmm. And so it was through that connection that I heard about an opening coming for Omni. They were growing. And so adding a brand new position and... I said, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's way below my skill set. I want in. (laughs) Cool. So let me apply and I promise, you know, to make you look good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What made you think Omni would be a great place before having actually? Oh, hearing the stories from Aaron and about the coworkers and the camaraderie. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it was just seemed like a happy, peaceful, stress-free place to work. Yeah. Um, Really good place to, to grow some wings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years ago. So before the App Store even. Before so, the App Store, before wow. iPads existed. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of changes. Yeah. You've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I'm imagining at the time the operations team was a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um, 
It was Molly much was smaller. here. There was Molly, mm-hmm. and then Trish, and then myself. Trish, mm-hmm. I don't think I've met. Um, yeah, she was gone before you you arrived, but she okay. used to be the operations coordinator. I mm-hmm. see. Okay. And then later on, uh, we added Kaylee. We added Kaylee, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and then we added Jenna. As the company continued to grow, we kept adding new positions on. So Kaylee and Jenna are both operations assistants, just like I. So mm-hmm. we are a team. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like the three musketeers. The I three guess. musketeers. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever call yourself that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure you can get Jordan in the kitchen to come up with a funny nickname yeah, for there us. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is a thing that is completely new to me. I'd never heard of. Uh, birth doula. You've yes. been one of those for ten I've years. Been a birth doula for ten years. Privilege of supporting families through pregnancy and childbirth. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big thing here in the Northwest. I'm not sure if folks beyond the Northwest are too familiar with it. Supporting women, not as the medical care provider, but alongside either their OB or their midwife to have the sort of birth experience that they're desiring and being a resource and advocate for them to meet their needs. I could probably do an entire show on on birth in America <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> and why you need a doula and why it's important to have an advocate with you, at the, especially if you're having a hospital birth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of options in the birth world, mm-hmm. and it can be very overwhelming. And when you're in the middle of labor, you don't exactly have the mindset to be making those choices. Oh, right. So having someone you can talk through those with ahead of time and know exactly what you want for your own birth and when things do go sideways, help you still have a positive experience, even if it was unexpected. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what I'm for. Okay. So do you meet at a fairly early stage in the pregnancy and yeah, start talking? Yeah, whatever stage the mom starts looking for a support person. So sometimes that's in really early pregnancy, and then sometimes folks get to their third trimester, and they're like, oh, gosh, I forgot to hire a doula. Uh, right. <laughs> so it, it can be various all along the way. And then through their whole pregnancy, I – answer any questions for them about the pregnancy experience and what to expect uh, Mm -hmm. through the different birth options and what specific birth path they choose for them, for their family. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, birth doula is a really neat thing because it doesn't, they don't work for say the hospital or the medical facility or even the doctor or care provider. They literally work for the family. Um, And so whether that family wants a hospital birth or a home birth or a, a birth center birth in the, in the tub, um, that doula will support that mom's wishes for wherever she is. Mm. And it's not the, what's best for the organization. It's what's best for the mom. Mm. So you're at a hospital then and Mm -hmm. you're advocating for the woman. Is it a challenge at all to get nurses, doctors to actually listen to what you're saying? Um, Uh, only because you're not, not the the patient. Yeah. I wouldn't be the one to speak directly to the medical staff on the patient's behalf. Okay. There would be conversations that I would have with the family, that, um, whatever partners or coaches are going to be involved in the birth ahead of time about what their wishes are and how they can ask questions if something comes up. Oh, okay. And so then at that time, if something was being introduced that maybe the mom didn't necessarily want, they have the empowered ability then mm-hmm. to say, hey, that's, that's not something we were interested in. Why is it that you're suggesting that? What's going on with this labor process that makes it look like we need that? What are some mm-hmm. alternative options or other choices that we have? How much time do we have to think about this? Obviously, in some birth situations, there's emergency situations that come up sure. and like, no, we need to go do a C-section right now. Right. And in those cases, I'm there to support the family and through that unexpected change and all the emotions that go along with that and the, the loss of the whole birth process mm-hmm. um, and still help them come out 
happy and healthy and work on the feeding the baby on the other side and right. and how to now transition to having a newborn. And so there's a lot of room between emergency C-section and everything else that could go on during a birth. Sure. And so we help walk them through that process. And oftentimes if something gets suggested along the way, they'll stop and, and ask me questions and then they'll have an idea of what questions they might have for their medical staff to make an educated decision. Hmm. So a lot is just education and prepared this. A lot of education and, yeah. and resources. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really neat, really rewarding. Do you typically have uh, a few different people at once or? Uh... A typical doula who does it full time would have multiple clients per mm-hmm. month. And knowing how babies arrive whenever they want to, they do mm-hmm. run into the risk that they could overlap. Um, and so you would always have a backup doula mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> oh, backup doula, a whole new phrase for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, because I've always done it alongside my regular job, I would only take one client here or there and and stretch mm-hmm. it out. Okay. So I was reading your bio on our About Us page, <laughs> and it mentions, and this has nothing to do with birth, well, maybe not that much, <laughs> boutique-style yard sales. <laughs> so I totally need to know what that is. <laughs> I am a bit unique in my yard sale savviness. And again, I blame this on my years at Nordstrom. When I throw a yard sale, which I've done several times over the years, I get all my friends and neighbors involved to make it as big of an event as possible. But I have very strict requirements. So it can't be like prices written on stickers or clothes or items thrown out in the lawn on a blanket. It has to be cute tags cut out with little scrapbooking cutout things, Mm -hmm. um, handwritten prices and descriptions in a particular order, and then tie it onto each item with cute little twine ribbon. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's tables with tablecloths, and Mm -hmm. everything's just really nice, as though you're in a boutique shop. I see. Not just throw it all out on the lawn. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't look like it's trash that you're trying to get rid of. These are valuable items that maybe you'll pay me a pretty price for. (laughs) <laughs> so they're boutique style yard sales. Boutique style. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. One day if I ever get up to it, it will actually have a permit and serve mimosas or something fun. <laughs> I would go to it in that case. Yeah. <laughs> so one of our policies at Omni is it's what, after five years, ten years, you can take a sabbatical, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you recently, recently-ish, yeah. did that. And uh, what came out of that? Yeah, I took a sabbatical leave last fall. And I opened up a drive through coffee stand. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. It's here in the Northwest. Who doesn't love coffee? Yeah. We live on coffee. Yeah. <laughs> we live on, it's in our veins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's up in Linwood. It's called Buzzed Bear Coffee Company. Buzzed Bear. Yeah. Mm. All right. Buzzed, I get. What's the bear? <laughs> My three-year-old son loves bears. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he helped me come up with the name and the logo. You're lucky it wasn't buzzed T-Rex or something. (laughs) It could have been. If I had given him a couple more years, maybe if he was five, I would be in trouble and we'd have a T-Rex coffee stand. But (laughs) luckily, it's a bear. (laughs) Uh So um, first of all, how's that going? Is it doing well? Oh, Uh, yeah. Selling a lot of coffee? It's great. It's a ton of fun. Coffee people are definitely some of the most amazing people in the world. Not that I'm biased at all. Mm. They're always so happy, so friendly. 
I guess they're always happy to see me when they come through the stand because I'm giving them the best part of their day. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> At is, least that's how like I a, feel when I go to get so coffee. It's a, it's a drive up? It is of, a drive up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Drive up only. Drive up or walk up. Mm-hmm. And I typically barista on the weekends when I'm mm-hmm. not at Omni. And I've got a full staff who's there all the other time. But it's a ton of fun. The people are great. The coffee's amazing. We only use locally roasted beans and we use locally baked products for our goodies um, and our breakfast sandwiches. And so it's it's a little piece of the Northwest. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you serve espresso. Uh, cold brew? That's like the Toddy cold brew. Very yeah. popular right yeah. now. It's delicious. It's really smooth, very low acid. Hmm. It's amazing. So yeah, regular espresso, toddy cold brew, white coffee. Yeah. Um, struggling. <laughs> what the heck is white coffee? All the coffee I've ever seen. Well, if you put a lot of milk and sugar, maybe you're talking about something else. <laughs> Not a latte. This is different. Okay. Uh, so your white coffee beans are the same espresso beans that you would use for your regular espresso, but they're very, very lightly roasted. And mm. so they still maintain that like kind of light uh, whitish, greenish color of the natural bean. And they have much more of a light kind of nutty flavor to the espresso. So you don't get mm. that roast flavor at all. And because it hasn't been roasted very long at all, it has maximum amount of caffeine. So mm. if you really need a jolt in the It'd morning, very buzzed get bear. some white coffee. Absolutely. Coffee. So it's is that delicious. A thing? Is that like, do other places do this? I just have never noticed Yeah, it, not but. all coffee stands have it. It's kind mm. of a specialty thing. It's... Um, yeah, it's amazing though. Okay. Once you've had it, it's uh, you're sold. <laughs> it's, it's the real deal. Huh? <laughs> cool. That sounds good. So, what's the? Uh, does your coffee joint have a website? Yeah, buzzbearcoffee.com. Buzzbearcoffee.com. We'll have that in the show notes too. So, Great. you can go there and click on it. And that'll be easy. Um, Facebook page, I bet. Yep, Facebook Buzzbearco. Buzzbearco. We're on Yelp. We're on Instagram. All the social media. Doing all the things. Mm -hmm. You must have a good marketer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we're going to stop with coffee. All right. So thanks, Tammy. Thank you. I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music. (laughs) 